Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Well, good morning. Good to see all you snow bunnies here today. You all slide in okay? Okay, hope so. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving last week. We had a great Thanksgiving with our family. It's my favorite holiday out of all of them is Thanksgiving. And we typically take a family photo uh, on Thanksgiving. And uh, so there's a, wait, no, that's not my family. Uh, uh, Here's a picture of our family. There we go. That's uh, all 19 of us. And uh, I thank God for each and every one of them. Uh, our student ministry uh, last Wednesday night had a Friendsgiving, and we got a picture of them playing Turkey Says. And uh, I'm so thankful for our student ministry and that our students have a place to come and gather and, and fellowship and encourage each other. And it was a busy week last week. Last Monday, I spoke via Zoom to a pastor's conference in India, and uh, our India pastors are experiencing an uptick in persecution. Uh, we're seeing about five to seven pastors arrested each week simply for preaching the gospel. And then when they're in jail, they have to do 10 hours of hard labor until they get released. And the new trick is, is while the pastor's in jail, they burn his house. So um, things are really uh, picking up there. What is uh, the flip side of that is, is that they are baptizing people uh, every day. And as the persecution increases, the response to the gospel also increases, and, uh, and people are getting saved left and right. So we thank God for that. Uh, part of our celebration offering this year is going to support the Legal Defense Fund uh, for our India Pastors Network. Uh, the persecution's gotten to the point that they need a steady team of lawyers and legal counselors to defend them. And so we want to help them out with that. And these folks are brave enough to come and gather together for three days as a large group. And as I spoke to them, I wondered, what do I have to say to these people who are going through that? And so the message that I shared with them is the same one I'm sharing with you today. So we're closing out our Thanking Through It series and uh, with a message titled, Faith to Get You Through It. Uh, Faith has been a running theme at Rockbrook this year. We started out the year with a Daring Faith campaign. Many of us set faith goals at the beginning of the year. It's been interesting to see how those goals have progressed through the year. Uh, My Daring Faith goals have uh, taken some twists and turns. Uh, Maybe your journey of faith has not followed a straight path either, but I thought I was headed in direction and God has kind of turned it around to where Uh, it's headed in another direction. But there's no better teacher about living by faith than a man named Abraham. Uh, The Bible calls Abraham the father of our faith. And Hebrews chapter 11 is called the faith chapter because it lists uh, the great heroes of the faith down through the ages. And Abraham gets very high marks in the faith chapter uh, because he lived his life by faith. And so I want to walk us through Abraham's story in Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to see four strategies for how you and I uh, can have faith to get through it. So on your notes, on the screen, first strategy Abraham teaches us is, by faith, 
You step out. You step out. Uh, Faith begins by stepping out of the life that the world is pressuring you to live. By faith, you step out of the fears that keep you from living the life you know you should be living. And by faith, you step into the plan, the purpose, the vision that God has for you. It says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance. Read this next phrase with me. Obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. And so Abraham is living his life in uh, Ur of the Chaldees. That would be modern-day Iraq. And things are going great for Abraham in Ur. It looks like he might inherit the family business. And then one day, God calls Abraham to leave his home in Ur and move to a place that Abraham knows nothing about. He didn't even know where he was going. He just obeyed and went. And it would be as if God asked you to move to Mars, Pennsylvania. Uh, There's actually a city named Mars in Pennsylvania. And if God told you to move to Mars, you probably couldn't find it on a map. You don't know anybody who lives in Mars. You wouldn't know where you would work in Mars. You don't know where you would go to school in Mars. You don't know where you would buy groceries in Mars. You would be moving to a totally unknown environment. And God called Abraham to boldly go where he did not know where he was going. And so to step out into the unknown... For us, that's the very definition of stress. Uh, In life, there are things you know, there are things you don't know, and then there are things you don't know that you don't know. And so you have knowns, you have unknowns, and then unknown unknowns. And we're comfortable living in the world of the knowns. In fact, we have an expression, better the devil you know than the one you don't know. Because it's better to live with a known than with an unknown. But it's the unknowns and especially the unknown unknowns that require you to step out in faith. That require you to walk in faith. And most of the time when God gives you a vision for your life, he doesn't give you the whole picture right at the start. God reveals his vision for your life one step at a time. And each step along the way requires you to step out in faith. Why does God do it that way? Because that's what builds your faith. So how do you step out in faith into the unknown? It takes two things. Number one, first you've got to look at the first step, not the whole journey. If Abraham had to know everything about the journey before he stepped out, he would have been frozen by his fear of the unknown. He never would have left. You can't let the fear of the unknown stop you in your tracks. You must move against your fear in faith and trust God to guide you every step along the way. Your journey of faith is t- it's taken one step at a time. So let me ask you, what is your next step of faith? What's your next step of faith? Or better yet, what has God called you to do that you haven't done yet? Because you've been frozen by the fear of the unknown. And God may have given you your next step of faith months, maybe even years ago. And you still haven't taken that step. 
Or it may be that God gives you your next step right here today in this service. Well, either way, don't delay. Don't put it off. Don't let your faith grow stale. Don't let your heart get hardened by fear. It's time to take that first step. Second thing you do is you look at God, not yourself. You look at God, not yourself. Abraham trusted in a God who knew more about his life than he did. Abraham didn't know where he was going, but God knew where he was going. And what God knew more than made up for what Abraham didn't know. And so if you're thinking, I I don't know if it has what it takes to step out in faith. Well, that's a good sign. That's a good sign that you're living by faith. If you feel like you can live life on your own strength, that's not, that's not living by faith. That, that's walking in the flesh. And walking by faith begins when you humbly recognize, I don't have what it takes to fulfill God's vision for my life. I've got to look to God, not myself. Bible tells us how to do that right after the faith chapter in Hebrews chapter 12. Let's read this verse out loud together. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. You keep your eyes fixed on Jesus as you take that first step of faith. You keep your eyes fixed on Jesus as you take your second step of faith. You keep your eyes fixed on Jesus as you take your third step of faith. You keep your eyes fixed on Jesus every step of the journey. And when you take your eyes off Jesus and stumble and fall, and you will stumble and fall, you confess your sin, you receive God's forgiveness, you pick yourself up, you fix your eyes on Jesus, and you start taking steps of faith again. And by God's grace, you will finish your race. It begins when you take that first step of faith. By faith, you step out. Second strategy we learned from Abraham is, by faith, you stay. You stay. It's one thing to take the first step. It's another thing to stay the course in your life. And Abraham steps out in faith, moves to the promised land, and there he discovers that it's not all that he thought it was going to be. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Abraham has to live in tents. His family lives in tents for three generations, surrounded by foreigners. This is not what Abraham thought he'd signed up for. So faith is not just about learning how to get to the promised land. Faith is about learning how to live in the promised land. And as Abraham moves into the promised land, he immediately faces two problems. First of all, there's a famine, there's not enough food. And secondly, he's surrounded by opposition, the Canaanites who live in the land. So not enough resources and too many obstacles. And if you seek to live a life by faith, you will face those two difficulties again and again. Not enough resources and too many obstacles. Why? Because if you have enough resources and you have no obstacles, you don't need any faith. People think, if I live a life of faith, I'll always have what I need and I won't have any problems. 
have you read the Bible? <laughs> the Bible is full of stories of people with great faith who face great problems. Church history is full of great people of great faith who face great problems. People around you every day are walking by faith and they have problems. Problems are a part of life for everyone. The question is, which set of problems do you want to live with? Do you want to live with the problems of a self-centered life and face those on your own strength? Or do you want to live with the problems of a Christ-centered life and face those with Christ's strength? Those are your options. Which one are you going to choose? And you step out in faith and then you stay in faith couple gets married they have a dream of a lifelong love they have a dream of making a difference for Christ with their lives but before long their lives have settled into a routine how do you live faith in the midst of that routine you have a dream of starting a business making a go of it and that dream turns into daily drudgery it's just work 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 how do you live faith in the midst of that daily grind? Or maybe as a believer you have dreams of living a life of daring faith, but the truth is you're settling for an average life rather than the abundant life that Jesus Christ offers you. You can see there's more out there, but how do you have faith in the midst of the daily difficulties of life? What's the secret to living and staying in faith? Because a lot of life is lived in a foreign land, even though it's a promised land. A lot of life is routine. A lot of life is drudgery. A lot of life is difficult. How do you have faith in the midst of that? Abraham teaches us how to have faith in the routine moments of life. Hebrews 11.9 says, For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Abraham stayed in faith by confidently looking forward. Here's how you stay in the faith in the drudgery of life. You build your present on the foundations of the future. You build your present on the foundations of the future. doesn't work to build on the foundations of the past because no matter how good it was or how bad it was, the past is past. Faith is built on the foundations of the future. Faith is forward-looking. And you recognize that your decision to have faith, even in the mundane, routine, difficult drudgery of life, faith is building character into your life that's going to last forever. Forever. You trust God that having faith in the midst of the routine is building a reward into your life that you can never lose. You have faith in the routine moments of life. You're building on the stronger foundation of the future. And so in your faith journey, are you looking back or are you looking ahead? What do you need to let go of in the past? And what do you need to be pressing on toward in the future? Abraham's third strategy to get through it is by faith you succeed 
You succeed. One of God's great promises to Abraham was that Abraham's family would grow to become like the sand of the sea and the stars of the sky. His name originally was Abram. God changed it to Abraham, which means father of a multitude. And God promises Abraham that he will be the father of a multitude. And then Abraham and Sarah wait for years and years and years and years for a child to come, but no child comes. And then finally, after 25 years, Isaac is born. It's it's a flat-out miracle. By this time, Abraham is 100 years old. Sarah is 90 years old. It was faith that made Abraham able to become a father, even though he was too old and Sarah herself could not have children. He trusted God to keep his promise. It says, though Abraham was practically dead. How would you like that to be the description of you in the Bible? Okay, practically dead. For me, that's Tuesday, okay? Though Abraham was practically dead, from this one man came as many descendants as there are stars in the sky, as many as the numberless grains of sand on the seashore. Abraham is practically dead, yet he becomes the father of a multitude. How did this faith success come into Abraham and Sarah's life? And I think we tend to romanticize faith by looking only at the successes. We don't look at the struggles that people go through to get to that place. Uh, We act as if there's some kind of faith where you, you never have any doubts, a faith where you never have any difficulty or disappointments. There is no such kind of faith. Faith always comes through struggle. Remember, Abraham's called the father of our faith. He's the ultimate example of faith in the Bible. And Abraham and Sarah show us what faith really looks like. They show us how to struggle your way to a faith success. There's three sons mentioned in Abraham's life. There's Eliezer in Genesis 15, Ishmael in Genesis 16, Isaac in Genesis 21. And these three sons show us the three ways that we react when we must wait for God's promise. Number one is Eleazar, and that's the reaction, I'll have to settle for less. God, I know what the promise is, but it doesn't look like the promise is coming, so I'm going to settle for less. Abraham and Sarah had a servant, a household manager named Eliezer. And after they'd waited years for a child, Abraham gets this great idea. He says, God, Eliezer is like a son to me. So how about if he inherits the blessing since another son's not coming along? Abraham's trying to help God out here. And that's funny because the name Eliezer actually means God is my help. But instead, Abraham's saying, God, I'm going to help you out. I'll settle for less. Since I can't have a real son, I will make Eliezer my son. And God immediately says, no, 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 no. Abraham, the son is going to come from your body. It's going to come from Sarah's body. And Abraham believed God in that moment of unbelief. Even struggling with his faith and trying to settle for less, Abraham believed God in that moment of struggle. 
And that's one of the reasons why Abraham is the father of our faith. Not because he's never struggled before, but because he believed God through the struggle. What struggle do you need to believe God in? Have you ever settled for less with your faith? You know that God has something significant planned for you, but you're settling for less. How do you change from settling for less to seeking God's best? Well, you have to see the promise. You have to visualize it. Genesis 15, God takes Abraham outside and he says, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. So shall your offspring be. And so when you're struggling and you want to settle for less with one of God's promises, when you look and see there's a problem here and a problem here and a problem here and it doesn't look like the promise is coming, you need to stop and look up. Remember the promise. Visualize the promise. It's just so easy to get our eyes on the struggles and the problems around us. God says, no, lift up your eyes. Lift them up. Look up. And look at the promise, because when you look at the promise, it strengthens your faith. Abraham believes God, and so he's not going to settle for less. But his struggles aren't over. The second reaction is with a son named Ishmael. And that reaction is, is I'll have to do it myself. So Sarah has a servant named Hagar, and Sarah says to Abraham, You make a baby with my servant Hagar, and he will be our son. Spoiler alert, this is a bad idea, okay? It's a bad idea. And immediately, the problems start. The son Ishmael comes along, and Sarah and Hagar become bitter enemies. And we still see that conflict in our world today. Ishmael is the father of the Arab race. Isaac is the father of the Jewish race. Abraham is at a hinge point in history. And with this decision, he impacts the world for all time. Abraham's called the father of our faith, and yet he makes this gigantic mistake trying to do it his own way. And you're going to make some mistakes in your journey of faith. Does that mean you can't live a life of faith? Absolutely not. Even through the struggles, even through our mistakes, we learn to live a life of faith. And one of the greatest struggles is this one right here. I'll have to do it myself. We try to make life work on our own. We try to make marriage work on our own. We try to make family work on our own. We try to make work work on our own. We try to make ministry work on our own. And we struggle along year after year after year in our own effort. And then one day, finally, in God's timing, Isaac comes along. God's promise comes along. And that's the third way you respond to waiting on the promise. The third reaction is the son Isaac. I choose to trust in God. When Isaac came along, Abraham and Sarah said, God did it. Abraham didn't work things out with Eliezer. Sarah didn't connive and manipulate things with Hagar. They realized God did this. The, the name Isaac means laughter. 
because when Sarah heard she was going to have a baby at age 90, she laughed. And uh, see, hear the ladies in here laugh? Yeah. Uh, when God does something wonderful in your life, that's what happens. You laugh at the ridiculousness of what God can do. Sarah's 90, Abraham's 100, uh, you would have laughed too. I mean, how many couples, how many couples have to run to the store to buy diapers and depends? Okay. <laughs> that's what this couple is involved in. And they laughed because it was ridiculous, ridiculously joyful. So who are the Isaacs in your life? Who are the people that God has worked through in your life? What are the ridiculous promises? Where you just have to say, that's something only God could do. Don't forget those little Isaacs in your life. Keep your heart and mind fixed on those. Treasure those in your life. Those are times where God has blessed you. And Rock, I just want to tell you, you're, you're one of the Isaacs in my life. This church is an Isaac. I've watched you put your faith in God for 26 years. I've seen God show up on your behalf time and time again. I've seen you keep on serving in the face of difficulty. I've seen you serve in a, with a lack of resources and with no uh, small amount of problems. And you are my little Isaac. You are my faith success. I thank God for you. Fourth strategy Abraham teaches us is by faith you sacrifice. First comes the success, then out of that success comes sacrifice. You've got to understand, the ultimate goal is not the success. The ultimate goal is the sacrifice that follows. So God asked Abraham to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He, Abraham, who had embraced the promises, was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham recognized that if God can give the son, God can take the son away. God is in control of the vision. God is in control of the promise, not Abraham. And so by faith, Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son. And it's an incredible sacrifice. Abraham has waited 25 years for this child to be born. He's finally grown to be a teenager. And God asks for a sacrifice. We may think, well, I've reached some success so now I can coast in my faith. I've reached a level where I can revel. I can glory in my success. But God didn't put you on this earth to coast. God didn't put you here to revel in your own glory. God put you here to serve his glory. God put you here to serve, to love, to make a difference, to sacrifice. That's why he put you here. So faith doesn't stop with success. It matures to sacrifice. You successfully finish school and earn some kind of degree. Why? So you can put the degree on the wall and, and bask in its glow? No, so you can use what you learned to make a difference for Jesus Christ. God blesses you with a level of material wealth. Why? So you can feel secure in your accomplishments? No, no. 
so you can use what God has given you to build the kingdom. God blesses you as you raise your kids to, to trust and follow Christ. And Do you raise those kids so they can stay at home? No. One day you make the sacrifice of letting them go. You let them go so they can live their own life of faith with their own struggles and successes and failures. Now, sometimes the sacrifice doesn't make sense to us. It sure didn't make sense to Abraham. God, this boy is supposed to become as the stars in the sky and the sands in the heaven, and now you're taking him away from me. It's a huge sacrifice. And you may remember in Abraham's story that at just the right moment, the last second, God stopped Abraham's hand, and God provided a different sacrifice in the end, a ram caught in the thicket when God asks you to make this sacrifice God is not trying to take your success away from you God is not trying to turn your he's trying to turn your success into something that blesses others not just you he's trying to turn your success into a reward that will last forever and ever God wants to turn every success of our lives into something that will last and that happens through sacrifice. God calls us to sacrifice our success. He's not asking us to do anything that he himself has not already done. Romans 3.25 says God sent Jesus to be our sacrifice. Christ offered his life's blood so that by faith in him we could come to God. It's the greatest sacrifice you could imagine. The Father gave the Son, and the Son gave his life. And this is where the journey of faith starts for every one of us. As we believe that Jesus sacrificed himself to pay the price for our sins. It's crucial that you believe that. And then how do we bring Jesus' example of sacrifice into our life? Because he died on a cross? Do you and I need to die on a cross? No. No, Romans 12 says that we are to be living sacrifices. Living sacrifices. He died for us so that we might live for him. We make that sacrifice of faith. So, what is God calling you to sacrifice by faith? What sacrifice of time, talent, and treasure is God asking you to make? You've got to step out in faith, stay in faith, succeed in faith, sacrifice by faith. Let's pray. I just want to encourage you in this moment just to, to accept Christ's sacrifice for you, to just say, Jesus, I step out in faith and I accept your gift of forgiveness. I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross to pay for my sins. And I want to encourage you to express to God your desire to live by faith. God, I, I want to step out in faith. With my eyes fixed on Jesus, I want to take my next step. And God, I want to stay in faith through the difficulties, struggles, and routine. Can't do it on my own strength. I want to do it by faith in Christ's strength. And God, I want to succeed by faith. I want successes that will show the world that you are a God who keeps his promises and God help me to sacrifice by faith 
Give me the courage. Give me the determination. Give me the willingness to take whatever successes you've given me and to give it back to you because I love you. And I want to see you work through my life in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.